Hey everyone, uh, I'm back and I wanted to do my um, my top 10 list of, of favorite films uh, for 2018. I know I'm a little late to the party on this. A lot of my uh, uh, fellow critics have already um, put out their list um, of favorites, so... Uh, I know that uh, that I'm kind of coming into this uh, a little later than most, but um, and uh, and I do want to give a disclaimer just uh, to sort of kick this off that this these are my favorite films of last year. I would in no way call them the best films of last year. Um, to me, that feels just. Uh, a bit self-important to um, to put that uh, to put that connotation on it that that they were necessarily the best uh, as far as best directed, best produced, best acted. Um, I'm not really scoring in terms of those categories. I'm sort of giving it a review based on how it personally affected me um and how um you know from from is it a movie that I, that I can revisit you know uh time and time again without getting tired of it you know um as far as something that you know uh, I can treat as just a one-off or like, yeah, like check, check that box. I saw that movie and I really have no desire to ever, um, rewatch it. Um, to me, that's, that's not something that I care to put on my list. That'd be a rather, uh, shitty list, I think. So, um, I'm going to go through, um, each one of these and just kind of give a brief um little uh rundown on on why I liked it um what specifically um sort of captured my interest and um what's in what led me to to uh add it to this list um this prestigious list of mine. Uh, so I guess, so I'm just going to start off and I might take a break in between because I don't know how long this is going to take me. Sometimes I can just ramble on and on. Um, but I'm going to try to just nip this in the bud and keep it short, sweet, to the point on each one here. Um, and I'll try not to drag it out uh, for too long. Uh, so I'm going to start with just number 10 and I'm just going to just go down the line. Um, I feel like that's the best way to do that, um, and to keep you guys engaged. So, um, number 10 is Isle of Dogs. <laughs> so this was a movie that I, uh, saw just just recently, actually, I kind of wanted to watch it again before um, I put it on my list here. It was a really close second between this one and Black... And not, uh, not Black Panther. Um, uh, 
uh, a quiet place because a quiet place to me and I'll give a quiet place an honorable mention but it it uh it was one of the best theater experiences I've ever had um you know you could you know when they talk about literally being able to hear a pin drop in the theater um because everyone was just so quiet uh this was definitely a theater experience I've never had before um but the reason why I why I didn't necessarily make the list is because there were you know upon rewatch um and uh and there's just a sort of a um a mild annoyance of mine about certain movies that do this but the way that they set up um certain situations certain predicament predicaments in this movie were a little far-fetched and contrived and i felt like you know re-watching it that's going to be something that continues to get on my nerves um more and more and i don't know that it's something that i'm going to be able to watch without wanting to bang my head in the wall after a few more watches. So I I had to sort of uh preclude that from my list just based on on that principle of mine. Um because that's kind of a common theme with me uh when movies do that when you know sure the 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 way that it's executed is nice but it's it's also about the setup it's not just you know the knockdown right so it's i think you have to have both and for me this one just sort of lacked in that one department of being able to um really set up that framework and uh composition for a good plot situation um in order to have that you know to to lay those railroad tracks and i just don't think that it did that well and once you see this movie you'll see what i'm talking about and it's and it's yeah so but but isle of dogs so I love dogs to me, and there was a lot of people that really just got up in arms over this. Uh, social media just had a filled day with it um, because they were, you know, talking about how Wes Anderson is this culture vulture, and he's, uh, I know. And look, I get that, you know, we're in a NPC culture now. And, you know, everything is hashtag problematic and whatever. But I really just don't feel like Wes, like that's what Wes Anderson was trying to do, was be exploitative. To me, if anything, this was sort of a love letter to Japanese culture and Japanese cinema. I mean, he took a lot of... um. I mean, sure, he had his Wes Anderson 
um, signature style where he, you know, his sort of symmetrical shots where he pans the camera and all that stuff. But he he had a nice little hug and kiss uh, embrace of um, uh, Japanese cinema and culture in this. And I, you know, like sure there may have been a couple missteps here and there. Um, that might provoke such a reaction, like an adverse reaction. Um, but I think that the the response to him being this sort of, you know, uh, to exploiting the culture, you know, I... I or cultural appropriation, or whatever it is that they think that he's doing, or or profiting off of Japanese culture for his own gain, I think that that's just a crock of BS. And I don't think that that was in any way Wes Anderson's intention. Like, like I said, sure, there may have been a couple missteps in times where um he might have skewed into that um but i want to give him the benefit of the doubt and i want to say that i i just can't imagine that he would do that especially just because there was a lot of talk about this being uh, a sort of analog about um the the roosevelt era japanese internment camps and you know, in, in rewatching this, I can kind of see see that actually and kind of visualize that being uh, sort of a theme here. And I'm not saying that he, you know, based the premise of this movie off of it because this movie talks about a lot of things. I mean, it's just, uh, it's really just jam-packed, filled with, with, with stuff. And... I mean, just you name it, and I and there's so many I think good, positive messages in here um, for younger kids and also adults as well. I don't, you know, I don't think it discriminates based on age. I mean, I think that this this movie uh, has has a lot to say, and I think that it says it really well and i think that it 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 managed to manages to package all of that in to a very short like hour and a half um so it doesn't overstay its welcome i mean it's it is uh, and i think that it that it has a lot of good little snippets of things that it's trying to uh communicate as well and um yeah, and I think the stop motion animation, I think that Wes Anderson has just um to me as a critic, I I am I it's like I I can't appreciate him enough you know, and appreciate his 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 love for the craft uh in the art of the art and craft of filmmaking like it it just it's it shows 
and like his attention to, to detail, his meticulous attention to detail, every little shot, every you know, um, line of dialogue, even. Um, I mean, sure, like I guess there were a couple slow parts, which might have been my, uh, you know, sort of. Oh man, this this sort of muddying of the lines between why it wasn't higher on the list, I guess, um, is that some of the stuff wasn't as en- as enthralling as as I hoped that it that it had been, um, but I was totally on board with what it was trying to say, and and I loved the dynamic between the dogs. I love the dynamic between the boy and the dogs, the, the sort of the master um, and uh, and um, uh, furry companion dynamic, and uh, you know the the the, the human uh, beast or uh, man's best friend um, relationship that you know. Um, that we all know about, so, and, uh, yeah, and I loved that he, that over the course of this film, there was sort of a, a blossoming of, of the one dog into a sort of domesticated house pet, he was this, this sort of, um, uh, mad, raving, um, canine in the beginning, um, and over the course of the film, he kind of had this this journey where he uh, kind of uh, tamped down um, some of his oh how do I how do I put it um, sort of <laughs> I don't even know how to put it some of his more feral like. Uh, um, behavior. I guess he tamped down some of that. So that was also interesting to watch. All of the actors were great. The voice actors, uh, Edward Norton, um, Brian Cranston, Bill Murray. Um, I don't know. I can't think of anyone else. But uh, but yeah. So all of that was great. So anyways, that was Isle of Dogs. My number nine is I spoiled it earlier. Black Panther. So. Black Panther. Um, this movie was uh, fantastic. I saw it, um, I think, four times in a theater, uh, and then after that, I I kind of got burnt out on it for a while, and then I resaw it again uh, a couple, three weeks ago, maybe. Um, yeah, this movie was great. I. Um, Again, another movie where the message just just uh for me supersedes any of the um the the actual content I think itself. I know I'm becoming one of those stupid uh uh fancy pants critics who it's like it's all about the intention now. I'm not trying to be that, but you know, but this movie, and I was actually, I, I actually liked the movie. Uh, sure, I think some of the action scenes were a bit lackluster. I was gonna say, 
Um, but I loved the the feast of, of black excellence aspects of it. Um, those aren't my words. Those are uh, Stephen Thompson's. But because um, that's definitely what this movie is. It's a it's a celebration of African American culture and just Pan African culture. Um, the Pan Af yeah. Um, what is that? The Pan African diaspora, and um, and this movie talks. It has so many different just elements to it that are um, up for debate and and culturally relevant and and and, and time honored and just really just heavy hitting stuff and. Um, like globalism versus isolationism, uh, you know, the whole, the, the, when you have a resource intensive society, do you, uh, do you give to those who are less fortunate around the world or, uh, do you, uh, sort of become self-preserving and, and keep it to yourself kind of thing? That was a big Thing, uh, the way that that they talked about race in this film was great. The thing that you love the most is obviously the villain. I think that this was the most, um, probably my favorite Marvel villain. He's he's gotta be. Um, He's got to be my favorite. I th- I'm pretty sure I want to say he's my favorite. His name was, uh, and I got to look him up here. I'm sorry. Um, I'm just an idiot. Because uh, he was played by Michael B. Jordan, and his name is Killmonger, I think. Yeah, Eric Killmonger. Um, sorry, I should have known that. Uh, yeah, no, that's so, Eric Killmonger, wow, he's gotta be the best, I'm pretty sure he's the best, um, man, I just, I, not that I identified, but I was, like, on his side, like, in, 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 in a way, like, he had, like, sure, he was one of the, he was classic Marvel villain trope, where he has to do a lot of bad to, you know, to have a, a, a ultimately positive outcome, right? So, um, so he was kind of like an anti-hero type, I guess, or I don't even know what the opposite of that would be—a pro-villain. I don't know. I don't know what you'd call that, but he, like. He had the the best of intentions and the 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 worst of of executions or whatever the phrase is, right? So, um, and because his entire goal was to was sure, like. I guess. Oh God, and I, and this is hard. Like I, you because you can't look at this and go, look. I 
and I'm trying because I know I'm the the uh, just the colonizer according to this film. I'm just the the scrappy white guy. Um, but I think that unless you have just totally buried your head in the sand, um, and are just simply just just and I and this movie just like this movie is performatively woke in a way that should should really just just I think needle away at a lot of um uh white people watching this and I think you know, like it, it, it should have a a resonant effect with with people, um, with white people specifically, um, saying, "Hey, look at the plight of black people around the world," and you know, sure, this guy, um, you know sort of turning the tables i guess you could say and 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 reversing the the sort of mentality that that white people have had against black people for however many years uh and and sort of reversing those roles like you know there there's you can't fault him so much as you kind of, I mean, you kind of see what he's saying in a way that it just really just is like, just, just makes your skin crawl. And as a white person, at least it did for me, um, just because it was just such this, this thought, this thought provoking thing of, wow, like I may not have like, directly done anything but I still but it still impacts me and I I still um, I still gain at the expense of the plight that black people have suffered through for however many you know and I don't know and I and I just and I think that I just don't know and and I and I just love the way that they that they talked about and they uh, they wrestled with a lot of these 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 arguments that we will continue to have forever that you know uh, you know and I'm, uh, I don't even want to get into this because I'm trying. I'm, the reason why I'm struggling to talk about this is because I don't want this to be a political podcast. But there's some things that are beyond politics, and I think that this is one of them. And I think that you know the race issue. That's that's something that 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 white people obviously need to talk about more and that needs to be a discourse more in the white community than anything else and I think that movies like this 
um, should be required viewing uh, for those people that are sort of, you know, um, alienated from things and that just refuse to to listen and 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 to 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 the despairing voices of you know of minorities in this country and and I think it's you know and I think that movies like this can can really make people shudder especially if you're the the sort of the the dominant race in the in in America and and I and I think really um make a difference you know I think that it did with me at least you know and at least and it at least gets people talking which you know is is always a good thing so I think this is to me a cultural gem. I think that it's it's something that people are going to continue to talk about for um for 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 years and I think that it's something that that is also not going to lose its relevancy anytime soon either. So um yeah and I yeah and I love the way that it and it did a lot of what it did and like us in subtle ways it wasn't a overhanded um just political film in any way uh it was still enjoyable like it was still like he yeah and I just I just really just think that there were so many different aspects of it that just worked and just functioned well and and it and it just and it kept moving along, you know. Uh, there were no, I, I I don't remember any sort of lulls um, or slow parts in the in the movie. I think that it that it kind of continued moving, and um, and the villain was good. And and my thing too is that Prince Achala was kind of overshadowed in this movie a bit because I think that the titular character was was um Killmonger. You know, he he was kind of the the breakout star here, so the breakout star here, so you know, it kind of sucked that 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 Black Panther <laughs> was the one getting on the movie title and on all the movie posters and advertisements because you know, I I think that this movie revolved more around um the villain than anything else but um but no i was totally yeah but i was totally for this movie um and i loved that it made me sympathetic towards a a a villainous character who you know who wasn't necessarily evil because he kind of you know the dude kind of had a point and that's the first time i mean i guess they sort of did it with thanos he's like because he's just like this terrible environmentalist 
who just kind of just wants to thin the herd uh, because of um, uh, I guess because of an overpopulation problem but um, again I just didn't really feel on a visceral level any sort of sympathy towards him as much as I did with Killmonger so um, so again, that's number nine because of all of that stuff that I just mentioned. Sorry, that was a lot. The Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So this one's going to be brief because I already, because I just did a, um, uh, oh, number eight. Sorry. Number eight is Ballad of Buster Scruggs. So I just did a review on this, um, a couple, three days ago or something. So I'm not going to spend too much time on it and harp on it too much, but, um, yeah, so this is an anthology film uh, by the... No, hold on. I'm going to get that wrong. Uh, this is why I have my um, computer here, because I knew I was bound to forget. Uh, yeah. The Cohen Brothers, excuse me. So, um, yes, yeah, so this was an anthology film by the Coen brothers. So, uh, each story is a sort of individual episode. And, um, I guess I, I kind of thought that they would each sort of tie in at the end. Um, kind of like Sin City. Uh, uh, well, Sin City didn't really do that. But there was, but occasionally there were, there was like a consistent thread or they would, um, or they would do something that served as, as a reminder to a previous, uh, episode or story, um, or just kind of throw in a little Easter egg, but no, it was, they didn't really do that with this one. Each one could have literally just been, this could have just been a miniseries. But um, it's all set in the Wild West, um, but they're not all, um, you know, they're not all cowboys in in their chaps and their and their ten gallon hats. I mean, that's not no. I mean, there's a few. Um, one girl looks like she's from Little House on the Prairie or something like you know. Uh, she's yeah. She just looks like a little cottage resident with, uh, I I don't even know, but um, and then there's a, a a gold miner or something, and he's panning for gold, and then in a nearby river or something like that. But um, but no, this movie was great. So each one to me, I I loved in its own in their own different ways um and uh, were there some that I liked more than the others yes I yes I guess so um but again each for different reasons I had a sort of interest in them um and uh yeah like some of them were funny some of them, um, you had sort of a different emotional response, like maybe, uh, it had sort of a melancholy feel to it, 
um, a melodramatic feel to it, possibly. Um, I don't know, but they all had this. I wouldn't say that they were all. They all had this sort of this. Um, none of them had a a sort of anguishy, like just dark. Um, uh, overture to them or, or, or atmosphere to it. it it all I mean all of it felt kind of light and, and mellow but they all had these pretty bad like twists to them um, at least most of them did uh, these sort of Shyamalan-y plot twists to them, uh, where things would go awry, and 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 not as you know, and not as initially planned, and uh, and I liked that about the film. I liked that it was ambitious enough to not, and also that it didn't have I can't stand happy ending movies um that's just to me they're just cringeworthy and and I like that it didn't go for that low hanging fruit I liked that it kind of uh pulled the rug out on a few occasions so cuz it could have very easily just like wrapped it up nice and neat and you know, and everyone was sent to their, 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 uh, back to their separate corners, and they could all have, uh, a nice bowl of soup, and lay their head in a pillow, and go to sleep, no, like, they, they all sort of ended (laughs) pretty, yeah, pretty wacko, and I liked that about it, and I think that that was ambitious, and, um, and they definitely swung for the fences on a couple things here. And some of the humor in this thing is, like, phenomenally funny. Like, I, I was, like, bending over laughing at some of this stuff. And especially the, the one at the, at the very end, the very last episode, um, where they're in a carriage. And... I, yeah, and for a movie to make me laugh, I think, as much as this one did, um, it says something, so, I think it's just because this dude was speaking a lot of what goes on through my mind (laughs) a lot of times, and so, uh, yeah, so I liked it that it did that, and, and, uh, yeah, let's see, and then, and, yeah, and then the first two, I think the way that they ordered this too, I think is that they they kind of front end loaded their 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 best material maybe or at least not that I not that I wasn't captivated by the rest of it, but the very first two were 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 short and 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 just kind of just Electric, like they had this this sort of, um, uh, uh, they were just these just rocket fueled. Like they had a, a a lot going on in a short span, 
and I think it was able to to um, really grab an audience's attention and to hold it long enough to tell the rest of the other stories that had more of a long-form narrative to it. Um, so I think that it was intentional the way that they ordered it, and I think it was smart the way that they ordered it um, because there was a few parts where things might have just lulled or, or felt a bit more relaxed just because it was trying to tell uh, a more narrative arc. Um, but again, no, all of that felt great. And I'm done talking about this movie because I've already beat it to death um, in my other review. So, uh, or just talking about it, I mean, I feel like I've spoken my piece on it. So, uh, my next film, no, number seven, is uh, Love, Simon. So... Uh, and I guess I'll just spill the, the beans here. So I'm an out gay man. And so Love, Simon had a deep, emotionally wrenching effect with me. And just because it was the first major studio film um, to sort of get a wide release like this. And and just the nature of how important it felt, not even, you know, just omitting the fact that it was just a really excellent film, it, it just felt important. And so buying a ticket for this thing almost had me breaking down in, in, in tears because I was just, I, yeah... Um, I think that this was a huge token of progress and and for me i I really just found it to be um quite gripping and 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 captivating and i mean even from the get go i mean just just knowing just me just now knowing that i got to experience this in a theater makes me feel like i was a part of history in some way and i think that's really cool <laughs> um yeah but getting into just the movie itself i mean it was yeah, I mean, it, so I, this movie was, um, they're comparing it to a, uh, who, did, who did they compare it to? Um, a John Hughes film, a gay John Hughes film. And they're kind of correct in that assertion, I would say, um, is that it, had a lot of familiar, um, you know, it, it hit, a, it, it, it definitely hit a lot of familiar beats, I think. Um, but I was totally okay with it. And, and it also had its like, and it wasn't didactic in any way. It didn't try to beat you over the head with anything. It was, 
very very soft and and soft-hearted and you I felt like anyone can just really just and you know if you have a, a I I just can't imagine unless you're just this heartless just you know if you have a a red blood pumping organ on the left side of your chest like you're gonna feel some some iota of sympathy for this character I think and 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 it doesn't and I loved how because I would trust me, I would not have have liked it as much if it had been this movie where it's literally pushing a gay agenda, <laughs> like it's saying, like, yeah, we're we're suffering and torment and and uh, and whatever, like day in and day out, and. Yeah, um, and you people need to stop turning a blind eye and a deaf ear to our our pain, <laughs> our painful experiences. Like, no, I'm glad that it didn't do that. It it definitely veered towards the more um, uh, sunny day vibes. Like, you know, and sure, like the plot thickens at one point, and he loses everybody due to some stupid thing. Like, yeah, whatever. And, but there were so many moments in this film that I personally identified with so much. Like when he gets to college and, and there's this big dance scene because he's talking about how when he, when he first gets to college, he's just going to be out and gay and everything's just going to be just this all peach, peaches and cream. And I remember having that exact thought running through my brain, like right before I came to college. I was like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna come out, and everything's gonna be great, and and nifty, and I don't have to worry about fear of judgment ever again, or whatever the fuck." Like, and and it was just, oh god, and that was just so on the nose, like just really good, and that had me laughing so hard because I knew I I would just identify with that so much and there was another scene too unfortunately that also got me where this kid was on the football field and he was giving this huge um uh, uh sort of grand gesture proposing someone to go to the dance with him and I've been in a very similar situation um, like frame by frame, beat for beat, and so that was also something that really got to me, even though it wasn't even really concerning the main character. But um, but again, those weren't even the only two things. There was a few other stuff that I just um, that for me is just great. And 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 the mom when the mom gave the speech to to his son or whatever, and that was that was phenomenal. And 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 really just just yeah, um, a tearjerker. So um, 
yeah, I loved this film. I loved how, oh God, everything about it. I just, and I value this film. Um, and I appreciate the fact it's, it's, I hope a lot of people went and saw it and I hope it did well in the box office because I really wanted it to have sort of imminent standing um, in the critics community and, and, and especially the, the in, in Hollywood as well because I hope that they make more of these um, and that this wasn't just a one-off but um but we'll see um so number six is um lean on pete and after i do this one i think i'm going to take a break because my voice is getting kind of tired and so i may just do the first half um tonight or excuse me you don't need to know that it's nighttime but i'm just gonna do the first half this time and then i think i'll swing around and come back and do the second half either tomorrow or sometime uh, this weekend. I'm not sure. But um, my voice is getting tired. And I'm feeling frail and weak and tired. So, um, But anyway, so lean on Pete. So, uh, yeah, wow. This movie also really got to me this year. Um, there's a th- So just, just so you know, if a... F- the reason something that I gauge my opinion on whether or not I like movies so much on whether or not I like a movie is whether or not it can make me feel something if it can in some way level some sort of um, just feeling out of me whether it's sentimental um, just a, a gut reaction or uh, some emotional cognitive response. I, it doesn't matter. Just anything, anything like that. I, I am just, I am all in on the movie, and I, it just because I, it, it takes a lot, I think, to do that to me. I'm not saying that I'm still a bag of chips, but I, it is. I'm, I'm. It's hard to move me as a person, I think, and so I think for for a movie to do that, uh, it really says a lot. And and many of these films right here did that in in some way or another. So, and Lean on Pete was especially one of those. There was a, a the the a harrowing ending um, where. Uh, the the where Charlie Plummer um, and I think his name in the movie is also Charlie. I don't know what his last name is in the movie, but um, has his um, I'm trying to think of how to say this without spoiling anything. Um, there's just the, the the final shot of this movie. Um, really, really felt like like a good conclusive ending um after so i'll just talk about it just really quick so lean on pete so lean on pete is has a sort of tasteless um title and unappetizing title that might deter people away um but uh like my mom she was like what the heck is lean on pete so Lino Pete is is a name of a horse in this movie. Uh just Pete for short. 
Um, and oh, oh, racehorse, matter of fact. So uh, there's a lot of um, thoroughbred uh, racing of uh, of horses in this movie. So they're these equestrian uh, type people or jockey, excuse me. Um, who are racing these horses? They go from um, uh, and Charlie Plummer finds this guy, a uh, guy who trains horses, and and his sort of the caretaker, uh, quote unquote, of these horses, um, keeps them in the stables and um, and feeds and all that stuff. Uh, just they're they're his sort of prize sows. So I don't know how much he actually, I don't think he nurtures them. Uh, he doesn't, he doesn't exactly have, I don't know, but, um, but Charlie meets him and, 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 uh, and he gets hired to do sort of odd, odd jobs for him. And he becomes this sort of avuncular figure in a way to Charlie, even though he's, um, kind of a perpetual just crank most of the time um but charlie so charlie deals with a lot of loss and grief in this film um just over and over and over uh that you know it almost just seems like you know if you really want to get into you know there's the whole mean world uh theory or whatever you know uh it really just seemed like you know there was something out there that was just out to get him and and like the devil was just trying to sink his claws in him and just bring him down and I don't know why I said the devil. That sounded so like reminiscent of my uh religious vocabulary from years ago. But um it, it just seemed like there was something out there like he like he just he couldn't seem to catch a break. And it was just one thing after another. It was um oh, what's that old joke about? Um, oh, so the, 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 so the, the, what's the, the postman, um, oh, what is the joke? It's going to make me, hold on, wait, there's this old thing, um, that my dad told me this one time, um, or who, I don't know who I got this from. But um, it's about this this um, postman who was burning mail, um, just like just just consumer mail, just just over and over um, without end and just didn't seem to have any sort of judicious way of doing it. He just, uh, you know, and there was, and 
these weren't like these weren't spam letters or anything like that. Like these were consumer uh, uh, mail, and this postman was just um, burning them and discarding them and throwing them away and shredding them, sending them through a shredder and all this stuff. And and a guy came in and asked him, said, "Why are you Why are you burning all of this mail?" And he goes, because it just kept coming. <laughs> and so I kind of just felt like that's kind of where Charlie was in this movie. In this situation where, like, curveballs just kept getting thrown at him. And he just, I felt like he just had this huge target on his back the entire movie. Where, I mean... Like he was stuck in these unfavorable uh, uh, situations, just back to back to back, and no matter what he did, he couldn't catch a breath uh, or come up for air. It was just like, uh, and you felt so bad for this character, um, just because it was almost like. And, like, everything he did, it was, you know, like, you want to, if you want to reinforce the idea that, that there's no such thing as karma, like, this movie definitely is that, because this boy, all he did was generate good karma, and everything that, that got thrown, like, he just kept going, getting pies thrown in his face, like, I just, I can't imagine... And I guess, you know, at the end of his, his sort of, um, let me look up who this is. Um, I don't know, but, um, but at the, at the end of his sort of, uh, perambulation, you know, um, from place to place at the end, I guess he's, he finally does sort of get his his um, his sort of he gets to his oh uh, what's what's because I'm trying to say say it without without spoiling anything ah oh, you just have to watch it though it's really good he he kind of he travels idly with with his 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 horse there for a while. Um, after oh i don't want to spoil anything everything everything and just only and i'm only not spoiling this because this was sort of an indie film and this didn't get a big you know sort of uh, uh big theatrical release this was something that i found um by following charlie Plummer on twitter and I knew him from when he did King Jack a few years ago, and he just continues to amaze me as an actor. I mean, everything he did in this film was was great. I mean, I I felt like he he wow like in King Jack he did this too, and he um, he he 
really knows how to to uh, I think emote in certain ways, and he has this sort of uh, this sort of quiet reservedness about him, and you know he's he's sort of resigned and reserved, you know, and he doesn't he doesn't really have to say a lot but he emotes a lot with his with his face facial acting and things like that and and it's just really great and 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 I think I also watch as in 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 both of these films I I felt a a it's it's almost like I identified with him and his situation. Uh, you know, they were very obviously character specific, and it was not anything that I could exactly clothe myself with and be like, "Oh, this is me in 2015 or whatever." Um, you know, just you know, exactly, but it's like this, this sort of, um, oh man, I don't even know how to say it, but like the situations were, were kind of adaptable in a way that I think that, that most anyone could watch this film and then feel some sort of um, compassion for this character, and I think that that um, that this movie does that really well. There's not there's not a lot of like big flashy scenes, you know, and there's not a lot that's gonna like there's there's not a lot of like a wow factor to it but I think that if you can get past that and and really just view it for what it is which is this sort of coming of age film which is kind of what King Jack was um, this this sort of slice of life um, you know um this this boy's life as he goes through um these sort of misadventures and 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 does some pretty raunchy things on the way and gets himself into trouble and and stumbles and falls and and really just gets into hot shit it just uh, few times in this movie as you know and as that's going on you also have the the external um, circumstances happening around him where it's like nothing he does it's like no matter what he does even if he does it right and 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 correct it doesn't it doesn't exactly catch up to him. So, 
he almost has to resort to these these plan B options where he's doing these uh, either borderline illegal or just unethical stuff because he's just all he's trying to do is just survive the day. And it is just a beautiful just in and it packs such an emotional punch, I think. Especially at the end where uh I just sorry, that just cut me off because Anchor apparently only allows for an hour of recording before you just have to either trim it or add another recording onto it. So um but I was pretty much done with that last um review. Uh, so that was my 10 through six, just to, to, just to recap really quick. So, um, and I might put timestamps on these things so you'll know, um, where, uh, to sort of skip forward to, if you wanted to listen to each review. Um, but number 10 was Isle of Dogs. Number nine was Black Panther. Eight was Ballad of Buster Scruggs on Netflix. Um, seven was Love Simon. Six was Lean on Pete. Hey everyone, I'm back and I'm here to do my uh, my top five uh, uh, review of my top five films for uh, 2018. I know that um, I took kind of a hiatus there. I I had published the initial um, uh, five uh, a couple days ago. And then I just got kind of tuckered out, uh, and my voice um, was a bit tired, so um, I had to uh, call it a night. <laughs> um, uh, but I'm going to plow through this time, and uh, I'm going to kind of touch and uh, on the high points of each one of these movies here, um, and and hope that. Uh, yeah, and hope that you all find some chance to see it. If if there's ever a screener in town uh, for these uh, five movies, I hope that that um, you can in some way find a way to to see it. Some of these warrant, you know, sort of the the cinematic experience. I think. Um, so it kind of sucks that you know you may only get to see these on on the little idiot box at home. Um, but uh, again, uh, you know, it doesn't really matter where you see it. I think that that all of these movies are are great, and um, and I give them my my full endorsement. So so please check these out. That's just my yeah. <laughs> um, uh, that's just my intro, I guess. But um, sorry. So. My number five is Sorry to Bother You. And this was a uh, a crazy, crazy movie. I, um, I had a lot of fun watching this movie in theaters. Um, it has a lot to say. Um, you know, I, I pictured um, a dartboard with like sticky notes on it, and Boots Riley, the director, was just throwing darts <laughs> at the at the board, just uh, and was just trying to fit in just so much stuff. I think in here, um, 
and uh, and that's okay. It worked, I think, um, mostly. There was were there was a few things that I felt were unnecessary, um, and uh, uh, as far as unnecessary subplots and maybe characters here and there, um, and that it almost felt a bit overstuffed at times. Um, but uh, all in all, I think that it had a lot to say about. Um, I mean, it's comments on class and race and economics in general. I think that um, it it spoke on those things uh, masterfully and articulated a, a well-presented message, I think, on those things. And um, for some people, um, the ending, it, it, it kind of lost some people with the ending. It kind of went into this magical realism thing. And it took the sort of the term workhorse to its literal extreme. Um, but I didn't have a problem with that, like you might think that I would have, because usually with stuff like that I would, um, when it seeps into these sort of supernatural elements. I'm, I'm usually check out on stuff like that. Um, but I didn't this time because I think that it packed such a punch and and it was such a, this like uh you know it was a way for 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 the movie to not give you know to give a more incisive look at at how you know industry giants and and uh and and, and corporate shareholders or stakeholders or whatever they they basically they use uh and and subjugate people of a lower class uh and and exploit them for their work and basically just see them as these um these animals for hire basically um and i think that the way that it that it had that portrait of that um in this very frightening, yeah, uh, you know, thing about the horses showing up. I, uh, sorry, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. But, um, uh, yeah, and I just liked the way that I think that it, that, that it did that. I, yeah. Um, there was a couple things, so, um, like specifically with the the um oh, I'm gonna get his name wrong and I know I should look him up. Um uh hold on. And sorry guys. I know I should have already had all this um pulled up here, but um Steven Yuen Yuen or yeah. So there was like this little fling that he had uh with the the protagonist's uh girlfriend and they just totally left that open-ended and unresolved and it went nowhere and that was a big problem that I had cuz I just don't even know why that was even in there to begin with um and there was a couple other things like you know like it kind of started off as like you know him with the office job and and with the white voice, you know, the sort of the, the, and, uh, you know, talked about, um, 
uh, not double consciousness, but um, code switching sort of stuff, you know, and and it's not that it dropped that entirely. I guess it kind of did, but it was just it was just so much. I think just packed in one film that you know, for other people, it may have sort of missed the mark on some things and others not as much but for me um i think it 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 tends to sort of micromanage those things pretty well um and in an organized sort of fashion i mean i think that a a big part of the movie is that yes it is kind of a mess so i guess i take back the fact that it's organized but it didn't bother me so much because it's pulling all of these plot threads and, and, and whatever, and it kind of becomes a tangled mess, sure. But for me, the the message against kind of supersedes the any content flaws, and um, just because I, I really was just captivated from the get-go, and, and again, these are my favorite movies of the year, um, not necessarily the best, but it, this was also directorial debut for Boots Riley. Um, so it had kind of those uh, first time, you know, like a first time feel to it um, where he was just trying to get sort of, uh, uh, you know, skin in the game uh, in the Hollywood filmmaking game. And, uh, you know, and I, and I get it. And, uh, so yeah, so it might've suffered here and there on, uh, on, on, on minor deficiency stuff. But, um, again, overall, uh, it definitely impacted me. And, um, and I think that it, that this was much better than, than films like, uh, Black Klansman to me. Um, or or even um, The Hate You Give, which are both good movies in their own right. Um, I don't want to detract from the, the impact that those movies also had, cultural impact that those movies had. But this one, to me, I think gives a, a, a very soul-crushing look at, at race and... Uh, and the interplay of race with with economics and 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 yeah, and I think that that it gives a very uh, authentic, in depth look at um, uh, the poor, a poor working man, you know, ex- experience, but he also just how the sort of class warfare um the 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 middle class squeeze or whatever or um just the the sort of um wage gap you know and wage inequalities and and things like that like and i think that it talks about all of that and in a way that also deals with race and I think it was, and it did that beautifully to me. So, um, so that was my number five. Um, so next on my list is Boy Erased. Um, so this movie was, hold on. So, so this movie, and 
okay. This movie also had some imperfections in there. Um, A few, you know, sort of chinks in the armor, so to speak. But I... Again, I... Okay, I, on a visceral level, I think I connected with this movie to such an extent that I I just... I mean, and I think also the last... I think the last scene of this film where he has a discussion with his father... Um, so Boy Erased is is about a um, a kid who who uh, a gay kid who gets sent to a conversion camp. Uh, basically, that's the basic premise of the movie um, by his uh, very sort of homophobic um, conservative Christian family, and. And I think that there's a lot of missed opportunities to humanize the movie and sort of show the nuances of the kids' queerness, you know, like there, you know, there were times where, you know, the the film Mike could have talked a little bit more about. Um, For me, I would have wanted to see his own own, uh, sort of uh questioning and wrestling with with his own personal faith uh, uh and maybe even you know sort of his embedded political ideologies that he grew up with or religious ideologies you know and i didn't really get much of that which is what i would have seen more of and i think my greatest criticism of this movie was that i just wanted more from it which I guess I can't fault it too much for that but there were times where it felt almost like a docudrama and you know and everything was was too much of like a um I don't know too much of a like if if we're going to do um a sort of a, a personal um, sort of look at this one kid. I wish that it had done a deeper dive uh, into his sort of um, psychological, you know, sort of framework um, and the 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 mentalities that he had to that he you know had to either suppress or or alleviate in some way that had that were um remnants of his uh christian youth and i only wanted to see that too because um i relate to that a lot and there was a lot of points in this movie where they were at the conversion camp and they were um doing their sort of bible thumping um uh methods of you know uh, um, exercising the the gay demons right um, inside kids and things like that, but um, that I was all felt very familiar with, you know, the, the sort of fascist phenomenon where um, uh, where you're either you um, we can't accept you if you're if you're gay. 
uh, and um, you won't be accepted into heaven's gates if you're gay either um, because it's just a violation of the 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 the, the precepts of uh, biblical precepts and and uh, and it's, yeah and that it's this unnatural um uh, unlawful act against God, and and I was all very familiar with with those sort of things, and so I I related and I sympathized with him um, upon his entrance uh, into this sort of conversion center, and and there was a lot of characters in there that that um, I was interested in, and I wish that I had just gotten more of again like this movie didn't do a phenomenal job of of i think sort of laying out some of the the intricacies of of how faith can sort of be um can sort of mind fuck you and and brainwash you and things like that or at least a, a, a perversion of it can um you know especially as a as a young gay kid and and for me a lot of these people like it just almost just felt like these people were just on on this like like they were sent away to some detention center or detention facility or something and uh, that it had nothing to do with 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 the sort of um didactic uh we're gonna uh shove this 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 christian uh mumbo jumbo down your throat um and it like it wasn't that it just became this sort of like alternative like if you act up in school or misbehave in school, like you get sent here, and like this is this was like a detention center that was like off the grid, like that's almost what this felt like. And I wish that it had just explored a little bit more of the religious stuff more, and how and how it affected personally affected the kids and especially the the the, the titular character. Um, and uh and yeah i mean but again i related so much to this movie and i think that that we have to have movies like this um which which are flawed and which you know have have things that that can be criticized and 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 scrutinized and things like that but these i think are a sort of stepping stone into getting those phenomenal like sort of films that that are really just going to lead to um mental breakdowns in the theater you know where I'd have to bring my tissue box in there and it and I'm just going to be a hot mess like I want that and I want because I think that it's I think that it can definitely change a lot of minds and a lot of hearts and and reform um a lot of the 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 sort of the culture i think and i think that the movies have uh 
um, have the ability to do that. And, um, and yeah, so I, I'm going to continue to see movies like this and I'm probably going to continue to like movies like this and you can call it, um, a bias or whatever you want to call it. But, um, but yeah. And the thing that mainly just hooked me in on this movie was the very last scene where he's talking with his father and he does something sort of, you know, sort of speaking to his father and he gives him this, this, it's sort of a take it or leave it situation. Like, hey, I'm gay. You can either accept me for who I am or you can reject me and then we'll never speak again. Sort of ultimatum. And I sort of, I think that it was such a wish fulfillment thing for me. Like, I idealized that whole scene as something that I have wanted to do in my own life previously. Uh, maybe not with my own father, but it's it's something that um, that really hit close to home with me and that uh, I recognized that sort of feeling of 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 you know you you have these these people who who are are intimate and 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 close to you but there's this wedge issue that you can't seem to overcome with this person <laughs> and and it's like no one wants to address the elephant in the room and so I know what that was like, and I'm glad that this movie did that. And for me, that just killed me walking out of the theater. Um, and I was actually, when I was seeing it in the theater, I think I was the only one in there. And so I had, I just like, I remember seeing that one scene, and I just like sat there, just like in shock, awe, and disarray, and and just almost, you know, just on the verge of tears. I think I did cry, actually, yeah. Um, if I didn't cry in that moment, it was just because I was such in shock that that was a, was a thing. Yeah, just because I admired that. And so, um, and there was a few things that I admired about this character in the film. I just wish that I could have sort of seen his journey into becoming that that uh that strong willed um resolute person that we saw in the end you know on screen because i i I can't imagine that going through all of this stuff right that that someone would come out of the other side actually as as well adjusted not that he seemed well adjusted but he seemed just like a tough ass dude and and I just I would have wanted to see more of his struggles and I think that I would have connected him more uh, on a human to human uh, basis you know if I'd seen more of that but um but yeah no other than that I think this movie's great I think it's important I think everyone should go see it I think um especially gay kids and their parents should go see this movie um I think Lucas Hedges is great. He gives a great performance here, like great performance. Um, Troy Sivan makes a little cameo in here, so if you like him. Um, 
and his music's always great. And I like the way that they sort of made his music uh, sort of an uh, uh, an overtone uh, on the on the movie too. So, uh, or use it as sort of a narrative jive or whatever they did. But the, yeah, but that was that was very good too. And I liked I always like him so. Um, yeah, everything was great. I loved um, Australian actor. What's his name? Oh, damn. Oh, what is his name? Hold on, I'll look him up really quick. Because uh, he did his, he had to do that. This sort of, um, I guess he had to um, sort of do his a southern. Uh, accent, you know, kind of that waspy uh, southern accent, and uh, and I thought that he did it quite well. And I'm gonna look him up because I do not remember, and I know that I should. So, uh, actors. And his name is uh, Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's his name. Um, yeah. So, um, oh, and Joel Edgerton, I think, was the director here. And I think that it might... It smacks a little bit of that whole... Um, And, like, it can be a bit disingenuous for a, a straight man sort of writing a story about the personal experience of, of a gay man. And I know that there's a lot of people that always get upset over that. And it's this sort of exasperated concern amongst a lot of people in the gay community. Um, like, I think... Um, uh, the person that wrote Call Me By Your Name was also a straight guy too. And it does smack a little bit of that, like as far as him not really knowing. I, like there's just a few things in here that I felt like that most gay people wouldn't have glossed over had they been the one to write it. Um... But again, I was able to just put all that aside and and enjoy it for what it is, um, without getting uh, tied up in the the politics of it. So, um, and uh, yeah, and I think that movies like this are gonna lead to better and um, and more uh, uh, accurate representations of of. Um, of the uh, the the sort of uh, troubled um, uh, coming of age experiences of uh, a gay kid. So, um, so yeah, and uh, oh, and I know that there are going to be those gadflies too that are never satisfied. Like, there's also just people that are like, why do we keep having films about? the white uh, middle class blah 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 like why can't we have a, a like 
some like I don't know um, brown skinned um, gender queer um, whatever from from a, a poverty stricken household you know what I mean like why does it have to be this all of the time and like I get that I do I really do I just think that to get movies like this to get movies like that and I think I also said this with um, Love, Simon before so sorry if I'm repeating myself but um, but it is kind of a problem and I was talking with a friend last night about this so that's probably the reason why I'm bringing it up again but to get movies like that we have to have movies like this and and uh like what was the Barack Obama quote about um uh oh I'm gonna get this wrong uh the arc of of the arc of justice is uh the arc of justice bends slowly um and uh and yeah and I definitely yeah felt that here and I think that that's something that you should definitely keep in mind watching something like this so um so that was boy erased um again something that i'll be able to rewatch over and over um because it just made me feel a lot of things <laughs> um uh so um eighth grade it's gonna be my number three so wow um how long have i been talking here Okay, 28 minutes. So, 8th grade, and I'll try to do this faster because I really just feel like I'm talking your ears off. 8th um, grade, so Bo Burnham's for, um, sort of directorial debut. Um, this movie has um, really resonated with me on a number of levels. And uh, on a gut level, especially because, um, yeah, wow. Uh, you want to talk about, I mean, the reason I knew after when I first saw this, like this was going to be listed as one of my top ten. I wasn't sure where at the time, but I, I think I've seen this movie twice or three times now. Maybe just twice. Um, but I want to watch it again. Um, I, man, this movie, um, so I, I think I have to give credit to Barburnum because he really did his homework here and you can really tell he did a, a, some, some real investigative research into the, the middle school experience and the, I think the the sort of the awkward um, uh, teenage um, experience that we all have had, um, and none of us ever want to go back to or think about, but they were the formative years um, of our youth, and and yes, they they were. <laughs> Uh, not something that many people uh, look back on uh, in retrospect fondly, but um, 
Yeah, and I think that 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 Bo Barnum uh, really, I think, just managed to just pull out all the stops here, and I I have to give him some some mad props for that because, um, wow, this this movie was was really really good and a really accurate portrait of what of uh, middle school, and I know that. This was a young teenage girl, like a young adolescent uh, girl, and but I felt more connected and, and 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 like I related more to her than I think I did with the movie Boyhood by Richard Linklater, um, because I think that this movie just managed to get so many things right, and. Man, like the 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 humor, like the 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 sort of um, the juvenile uh, uh, humor, the the um, the infantile humor at times, the especially the awkwardness, like like he got. He was able to capture the essence of what it meant to be, um, the the like that that bleak portrait of the awkward teenager, and I just connected so much with it, and I urge everyone to go see this film because it is it is a truly sympathetic look at what it means to be a teenager, um, you know, sort of trapped in the prison walls of middle school. And you're dealing with 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 the sort of the pubescent stages where you're blossoming into your own person and you're having to go through changes, you know, and you're having new sensual desires and things like that. And how do you deal with that? And uh, and and yeah, and this movie just God, it gets all of that in there, and some of the like, and I think that it gets like the good, the bad, and the ugly. So the best and worst experiences of all of that, and 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 I think that this movie I think has done a better job than I think any other film I've seen, and. In in getting all of that, and there were times. At times, uh, like especially near, um, there was one part in in particular that was like an exact replication of something that I have been through myself. <laughs> so uh, the swimming pool scene, which to me like had this horror element to it, because. It like, like beat for beat, frame for frame, was something that I have been through, personally, because I've been to the pool party, and uh, I think it was like freshman year of high school. I don't know when it was, but a freshman or maybe a couple years after. I don't know, but I wasn't that old. I don't know how old it was, but I've been in that where, <laughs> where. Oh, uh, it's just like you. Oh, I don't even know how to like. I wouldn't be able to describe it to you in words. Like this was this was definitely a show not tell, 
thing, and I think that you all need to go see it just for that one scene because I cannot tell you how mortified I was at at a, a pool party where you know it is just oh like I just don't even know how, I can't describe it to you in words like uh yeah like please just go see it just for that one scene um just yeah man approaching the house and walking outside through the screen door like seeing all of the kids splashing and playing and having a good ass time and then you're over there all alone and like, oh, who do I talk to? And like, you're all, a million questions are going through your head, like firing all these neurons. And it's just, it is, oh, and it's a terrible, terrible experience. And I, yes, and so that, that's, that one scene alone was enough to put, but again, there was something, there was something at the very end, like with, um, um, uh, with the dad at the campfire and it and it kind of comes you know you don't really see it coming and which is a good thing a positive thing that it that it, it you know that it, it kind of sneaks up on you and and it's just it is a a pleasantly surprising um just a, a beautiful conversation that the dad has with his daughter and it's something that I think every child wants wants their own parent to sort of say to them in like a weird affirming you know way um uh as a way to affirm and validate you as a person uh it was kind of like yeah and and I think that it was just the most touching moving um a uh, beautiful exchange of 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 words between a father and a daughter um and yeah and it kind of reminds me of the the one of the final scenes in Call Me By Your Name where the dad does that with Timothy Chalamet and uh and it's just and to me I think that was the best scene of the film was when uh the dad um, was speaking to his son and um yeah and everything about it man um yeah that was just and it and it brought me to tears and definitely it was just this very uh evocative um personal scene and um and uh yeah and so there was definitely just a few things in here that um I was just bound and determined to put this on my list for the year after seeing it so uh, I urge you all to go check that one out so that was 8th grade um, that was my number 3 so for my number 2 is going to be Annihilation <laughs> so um, this film is I think criminally underrated uh, I don't know why I didn't get it uh, that much media attention, uh, it wasn't a huge box office success, I don't know that many people that went and saw it, I had to, um, 
uh, sort of um, goad my own peers into seeing it um, because it just, I don't know if, I don't know, just the nature of it being a sci-fi film possibly or um, I don't know what it is. And, but this movie just did not, just didn't, it did not pay off handsomely for the director or any of the people that worked on this film, I don't believe. Uh, which sucks because this movie was so good. Was so good. I've seen this movie a million times now. <laughs> uh, and I think that this this actually although it's not my favorite film it's something that I think that I would be able to watch over and over and over and over and over and and never get tired of my number one I wouldn't necessarily be able to either but you'll understand more of that when I talk about it later um but Annihilation, man, there were so many good scenes, like the the bear scene. Um, that's one that that's popping up on a lot of people's um, sort of notable scenes of the year list, um, and and that was definitely good. Uh, I think everything about this film, there was so much. Like this was uh, Alex Garland's. Um, I don't know if it was a second film but he made Ex Machina which was um sort of that the sci-fi thriller um very thought-provoking um sort of uh, uh distortion of humanity as imposed on uh, uh technology kind of thing you know uh the sort of animatronic like it had a kind of a black mirror thing to it I don't know if um, you should check out Ex Machina because it was good, but um, but Annihilation was much different, I think, and in a good way. Yeah. For me, this beats the Ex Machina out by leaps and bounds. And for okay, I'll tell you, I'll just I'll just tell you. Something. Sorry if that hurt your ears, everyone. I dropped my recorder um so the one scene that definitely just uh that just blew me away that blew my dick off was um the the final scene in the lighthouse it wasn't the final scene but it was one of the very last scenes in the lighthouse where um she so um uh, padme from Star Wars. What is her name? Uh, Oh, you're shit. I should know this. Um, Natalie Portman. And, um, so she's inside the, inside the shimmer, which is this, um, how do I explain? There was like this spore that like came off of this asteroid and it plummeted into earth into earth and then there was this um uh 
Oh, I don't even know how to explain it. So basically it's like this this it looks like this big multicolored hemispheric force field that's where the center of it is poised at uh at the at a light at a lighthouse. Which is where the the meteorite thing hits. So which is in the lighthouse and and it's supposed to have this whole alien like sort of foreign um uh element to it um like not native to this world kind of feel um and and how do we deal with that and blah 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 and is it you know and it doesn't have the sort of um like let's get our laser guns and let's uh, shoot the crap out of them like Men in Black. Uh, it's not, it's not a man versus alien kind of film. It doesn't do it in a sort of traditional way. It kind of has a an Arrival type thing to it. Um, if you've ever seen Arrival, um, that was from a few years ago. Um, but it really made the idea of the alien something that is alien, alien, and it's non-native, and it's foreign, and it's something that is not, um, that does not inhabit our, our, you know, our planet Earth. And we, how do we deal with it? How do we approach it? How can we communicate with it? Is it, is it anything like us? Is it something that we, that is beyond human comprehension? Um, and is there any way to put any metrics on how we, um, on how we approach it and, and handle it or whatever? I don't know, but in, I think that it, it definitely had a different view of, of, of what that is. And, and yeah, so, but, so they're at the, so she's at the lighthouse and there's this sort of back and forth personal struggle thing that she has with it or whatever I don't know but there's just I don't even know how to explain it it's just it's so and I don't even know if if you even can explain it like I feel like it gets it kind of skews into inexplicable territory but I think that as the nature of a sci-fi film you have to I think you have to give it some latitude to be strange and to be mysterious and to be inexplicable at times. And and yeah, so they're at the very end and she's in the lighthouse. I keep saying this over and over, I'm sorry. But the way that the score is set over this scene and and the score has such a enthralling like riveting just like engrossing feel and in the way that it's set over over this beautiful display of uh uh a digitally created 
sort of alien species uh, substance thing. I, I don't even know whatever, but the way that that whole scene is shot and produced and, and how it turns out on screen, I think it's one of the best like scenes I've ever seen in a, in a movie like and I know that's giving it a very high honor um, and and who knows if it's just recency bias like hey I just saw this movie and so I don't know I could be putting the car before the horse and maybe I just haven't seen enough sci-fi films to really have a basis of comparison I don't know but everything about that, the way, just, I just, I can't explain it to you, but it had me on the edge of my seat, and, and I, ah, uh, I just don't even know how to explain it, like, please just go see it for that one scene, like, everyone was talking about, there was a lot of chatter about the bear scene, and about, you know, um, uh, the, 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 the sort of, the, I think the alligator scene, um, with the, with the bifurcated, um, uh, rows of teeth, um, but for me, the one thing that I think should really just rope you in as a viewer is the very one of the very last scenes. And when you see it, you'll know. I think it lasts about 10 or so minutes, 15 minutes. But she is peering into this. I, I, I just, it's just like this. I don't even know how to explain it. This like deformed uh, uh, it looks like a huge um, bead off a necklace or something I don't know but and she's like peering into it and then it starts to like open up and there's all these like amazing just this, this amazing like fusion of, of colors and 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 the way that it reflects off of her, uh, off of her like glassy eyes, and and then that music that's just set over it—it's just oh, it's thrilling. And I really hope that everyone goes to see it for that one scene. Um, so Annihilation, yeah, um, it is something that I'm gonna continue to watch. Oh, and everything else was great too. I don't want to make it seem like it was that one scene, but. Uh, I think that that it it definitely goes into um, it's it takes some 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 uh, uh, sort of unpredictable um, sort of strange turns and and I think that that um, it manages to, to keep you thrilled throughout the entire... Yes, like, some people, I think, got upset because the 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 first part of it was kind of slow and uh, kind of bogged down with exposition and, and um, 
uh, and the build to the climax, you know, wasn't really enough to keep people um, interested and blah, blah, blah. I didn't have a problem with any of that. I think that um, I wanted to know, because I think you have to um, really be a uh, an active, involved viewer to to really understand a little bit of what's going on because a lot of stuff gets referenced and, and there's a lot of callbacks to things um, that previously happened in the movie and blah, blah, blah. But like every little thing in this movie I think matters and there's a lot of intricacies to it and complexities to it that if you're not keeping up with every little thing, um, you're just going to get lost, I think. So... Um, Again, that's something, it's not, I wouldn't call it a chore, necessarily. It's not like it's, it's not over-explainy, and it's not, it's not to the point where it just becomes like a boring lecture, but I think that it, 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 I don't know, for me, everything worked, and, and so, um, and it's also just freaky in, in some parts. And so it's like it's got a sci-fi like psychological thriller and it works with a lot of psychological elements um, as far as there being an idea of, of um, self-destruction and self-mutilation and things like that. And it weaves all of that into a story about um, this horrifying place where there's these ugly, hideous, nightmarish-looking creatures that um, uh, will kill you. <laughs> so, um, or maul you to death. So, uh, and it manages, I think, to just to, to, to work all of, and, and work all of that in really, really well. And, and all of the characters were, I think, fleshed out uh, well and uh, or well enough you know um, and I was and there's something there's sort of a common theme within each one of them uh, as that they cite as sort of the reason why they were able to go on this sort of suicide mission because that's both literally and figuratively kind of what it was and and, uh, and just everything about it was good so um, please go see it. It's something that you will discuss with your, that I discussed with my friends uh, several times after, <laughs> and will definitely leave you deep in philosophical thought after the movie as well. So um, it's very inventive and it does a lot of cool things. It's based on a book, but I don't know how close to the book it is. But um, yeah, so please go see that movie. Um, one of my favorites of the year. And finally. So, all right, and hold on, let me, I'm going to stop this for one second. Okay, sorry about that. Um, so finally, so my number one film of 2018, so here we go, um, Hereditary, yep, <laughs> and this was on a lot of people's top ten list, and, um, 
and a few number ones that I saw. But for me, this one definitely takes the cake as as my number one. Um, I it is a a haunting, haunting story, and uh, something that definitely stayed with me uh, um, that night in particular, and for weeks after. <laughs> um, for one thing, so it's it's God, it just it's it's so it deviates from the sort of traditional model of horror films, which I love, and. Because it doesn't have the stupid, like, like uh, serial killer bait, like characters that make stupid, ill-advised decisions, and yeah, like that's the reason why I hated uh, Halloween. But um, but no, so it didn't have any of that. It's at at the heart of it. It was sort of a family drama. And there's a lot, it's sort of a, um, a depiction or, um, uh, an analogizing of, of an analog of, of grief and, and, and pain and, and suffering and just these somber feelings that, that everyone goes through heartache and loss and it deals with all of that in a way that is also just terrifying and because you can feel the sort of the the family the bond of this family just unraveling as the film goes on and there are things that happen in this movie that continually sort of uh chip away at at the sort of the 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 strong relationship um that this family has in the beginning right um the strong healthy relationship that exists within within each each member of this family and as the movie goes on it everyone like there's just this sort of descent into madness and everyone just sort of slips into this 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 crazy like you don't know if it's you just don't know like you don't know what's going on it's this this eerie um um uh a depiction of of the family drama and and I just think that it works on so many levels. And there was, and there was um, a scene, one scene that I, that I don't think um, uh, uh, converts well onto a smaller screen. So, um, unfortunately, because I think I tried watching it uh, for a second time um, uh, on a on a. Uh, home, home, at, at home or whatever, and uh, and it just didn't really do the same or have the same effects on uh, my buddies watching it um, as it did on me in the theater, <laughs> um, uh, which was unfortunate. But 
I don't know what happened there, but when I was in the theater, and it could just be the nature of the fact that it's just a larger screen, but when you're in the theater and there's this one scene where um, uh, uh, his name is um, Alex... Uh, and I can't remember his name. Hold on. Alex Wolf, And... And he's... So... So, okay. So, so he's in his bedroom. And... And, he, okay. So, he's sort of in this... In the sort of the, the process of waking up, right? And as that happens, it's like the middle of the night, you know, it's like pitch black outside and there's no lights on in the room and whatever. And you know that something is about, I mean, you can kind of feel it, you know, like there's something lingering, you know, uh, uh, but you don't know what it is. It just feels like there's, yeah. Um, like there's a spiritual presence or something there. I don't know. Um, but so as he's waking up, you know, his sort of eyes are adjusting, right? And he's, uh, you know, and and what's cool about the filmography here is that they let the camera sort of adjust with his eyes, or at least it feels that way. And so, as as that sort of happens, and he's sort of getting a better, a keener sense of his surroundings, and and a more uh, uh, acute sense of 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 what's going on around him, you can picture in the in the top left corner of the screen. You can see it just out of the corner of your eyes, like in your peripheral. You can see just like a shadowy figure and it turns out to be yeah uh and good gracious did that just fuck with me like all i had to i don't even think i slept that night but if i did i had all of my lights on in my room because and i didn't even want to close my eyes because i was too too afraid of opening them and then seeing her in like the top left corner like up against the ceiling in my room so it just ugh like and for a film to do that with me because I I don't know maybe I'm impressionable or whatever but good gracious that like fucked me up in a way that a lot of movies just don't have the ability to do and wow and I think even like um, I don't know but wow and so it in uh, and it doesn't it doesn't take like the the sort of the the easy way of just doing jump scares like I'm not a fan of jump scares like you know cause it's just like you're just trigger triggering an automatic response like it has it's like 
someone throws a baseball at your face and you flinch. Like, that's all it is. Like, I, it's just a biological response. Uh, and, and so I don't, I never liked any of that, but I liked, there's a sense of dread to this movie that comes along with the character development and the the portrait of this this family as they just sort of tear each other apart and like literally <laughs> and uh and you're not really sure what's going on and so there's like a paranoia there too there's a sense of PTSD because of certain experiences here um and trauma and and yeah and I just and just and uh like it really just got into my head and and it almost made me feel like I was on the fringe of losing my own sanity you know kind of like some of the characters in this film which I guess is maybe kind of the point but um, but wow, this movie was great. And I think it's got to be one of the best horror movies I've seen in a while, if not the best. And I really just think that everyone should just go see it. If you have to, like, Google when the scary parts are going to be so that you can watch the rest without... Yeah. Um, without it, 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 it giving you these... Um, uh, without a, giving you bad dreams at night or whatever, then you know do what you have to do. But I think that um, that even without all of that, it it really just works well as as a film about uh, a family that um, is is dealing with what almost every family goes through so there's like a universal universality to it as well um as much as you uh sort of an angsty feeling about how uh you know family members can just turn against one another one another and and it can just be a hostile environment inside your own inside your own household and uh yeah and so um this movie was great and uh, there were a few things images in here too that are also going to be seared on your brain after you see this for a while um everything was great i think this was also a directorial debut which is one of the things i love like i because you can't for me mostly is that I usually like these sort of indie films that 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 don't that don't usually get a lot of attention that aren't on most it's not on most people's radars you know um and then you go and see them and then they just go above and beyond any expectations you could have possibly had for it because there were like a no nothing promotional for it or anything like that it's just it exists independently to be its its own like piece of cinematic artwork and 
it's a movie for the sake of being a movie. It has, it's not about the, the, you know, the, the celebrity tours that you do or the premiere night where you walk down the red carpets. It's not about the, the, the late night shows that you go on and you do your little lip sync battles with other fucking like comedians and blah 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 like that stuff's all fucking stupid as as, as hell and and I and I admire the fact that there are filmmakers out there that make film for the sake of making film for the sake of making art you know and engaging their craft and and so this is why like I I have to give um you know I have to tip my 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 cap to filmmakers that that are sort of independent like this and especially people that are just making their debuts and uh and can just make hell of a movie one hell of a movie um without a lot of you know um sort of uh, uh, guidance I think so or maybe they did but you know what I mean so uh, a lot of respect for those people and um, and I was I was yeah and I was really glad that 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 um, that I got to see some of these movies and uh, some of them were historic and, and good moments and uh, and yeah and I think that's gonna be it I think I've talked for long enough um, and my voice is tired again, so, um, I'm gonna set this aside for now, I hope you guys enjoyed, um, my reviews, uh, for the top ten, top ten, uh, favorite films of, uh, 2018 for me, and I hope you guys continue to listen and subscribe to my, uh, 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 channel here, or my podcasting, whatever, um, and I'll continue to, uh, to, to make these and improve as I go along. <laughs> Cause I know that, uh, right now I'm still kind of stammering. Um, and, uh, so I hope you guys will forgive that, uh, and, and bear with me here as I'm still kind of, um, uh, learning how to do this. So I recognize the, the, the folly of my own, um, uh, ways here and uh, and I'm working to 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 self improve and self correct uh, some of those things so um, so yeah so I'll write the chip uh, soon enough and I hope you guys will continue to listen um, as the podcast gets better and I'll continue to put out good content for the sake of putting out good content you know I don't care about the amount of listeners or anything else. I'm not worried about that right now. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, thank you guys for listening. I enjoyed um, telling you guys about my uh, favorite films of 2018. Um, I'm a big film enthusiast, and I know, and I'm really excited for this year, and I think there's going to be a lot of good stuff, and I'm hoping that Star Wars is going to make my list at the end of this year oh god because yeah that was a bummer for me a disappointment that um solo wasn't good enough to make it 
because I'm a huge Star Wars nerd. So, um, so yeah, um, I guess that'll be it for now. So thank you so much for listening. I'll talk to you guys soon uh, after I see another movie. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Um, or if I just have another idea on something else I can do. If you have any suggestions, let me know. Um, so I'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much. All right. Bye-bye.